Hi everyone and welcome to the Real Happy Hour podcast show. My name is Ola and with me on the guest today, I mean on the show today, is a special, special guest. Um, her name is Miss Queen Ade Onibada. That's so funny. She is, <laughs> she is queen or she is a queen. Uh, she's a pop culture enthusiast, soft life advocator, yes. or advocate, producer, journalist and the internet culture reporter for BuzzFeed. She's been everywhere. She's the connect. She's... Um, um, inspiring in terms of just you know journalists and producers out here and doing doing the doing the damn thing thank you i had to talk about me but mm, i'll take it i'll take it thank you very much uh for having me on your podcast i'm excited thank you very much for coming um so obviously the real happy hour um podcast we talk about films and tv shows we talk about the relational dynamics in films and tv show and for today we are finally going to be talking about a tv show and the TV show we're talking about. We've Do you not usually talk about TV no, shows on here? No, because um, this is just the first of many. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I've been holding it down like TV show and film. But now we're talking about a TV show. TV show. Yes. And we're talking about Atlanta. Directed, no, produced, written by Donald Glover. Yes. AKA Childish Gambino. Yes. Um, it's a very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation there. I maintain. Um, mad genius. Two very different personalities existing in one body, as reflected in the content, might I add, or in my opinion. But yeah. So what do we? Let's just start from the end, because like, I feel like the the gap between season two and three and four in my head, if it makes it look like two different shows, hundred so like, percent. That's book one and book two. Yeah. Book one was sort of the struggle of Paperboy blowing up, and book two is Paperboy is blown, and yeah. we're seeing his experience as a. And they're all the experiences of like, of the of a significant change in their lives. So, um, what do we think of season, season three and four? Um, I definitely felt like season three and four became less about them as individuals and more about a kind of like commentary on blackness, especially in a global setting. So, season three had that kind of international element where they were kind of like popping up everywhere, um, and also woven into that were kind of these like anecdotal or all these kind of like standalone episodes that had nothing to do with the season yeah. and it also kind of like that that theme or that style of creating content also kind of like traveled on into season four um with episodes like the black exec at walt disney like yeah. it's completely independent from the overall Such story weird wild story it, but it's one of those ones where it was like only atlanta can get away with saying yeah, we're going to stop our general storyline and we're going to pick up this and we're going to tell this story. And even that wasn't done in the same way that other episodes were done. Because other episodes, you know... time. Yeah, it was act and it was acted through. Like, it was actually performance. This one was a bit more documentary. Like, you had real figures, talking heads. There were a lot more, like, documentary techniques employed for that specific episode. But, yeah, I think more than anything, I think categorizing it as like book one book two is super accurate and i think that second half that that latter half of atlanta conceptually was less about their individual storylines for me and more about a commentary on blackness through these individuals who represent four quite distinct figures very very right i completely agree with that so in terms of like what stories from the last three seasons like i mean two seasons season three and four what particular episodes stand out you've mentioned the documentary on um, the disney yeah um, man and what other ones stand out for you i think 
I mean, it was the season opener because for a minute I wasn't sure if I was right, if I was watching the right show. Yeah. The season opener of season three. I love that one. That's um, my favorite episode. That was powerful and even more heartbreaking when you realize it's based on a true story. What? Yeah. So season three opener, in essence, is about these two white women who adopt a lot of black kids and oh subsequently drive. I think they drive over a cliff into no, they drive over a bridge into water, killing all of them, including the kids, including the kids. Oh um that that was based off a true story and i think that's what also makes it more harrowing there was also the episode about reparations that i thought was hilarious mm. um and it felt like such a graduation because i know dave Chappelle used to have this skit mm. about black people getting reparations and in the skit like it, he, he kind of made it seem like you know if black people got money how wasteful they would be or it was kind of like this flagrant show of wealth um if black people were to get reparations, mm. uh, black Americans, so reparations from the people who previously owned their families as slaves. So in to some degree, it's like that storyline is like revisited through a much more like artic well-articulated lens, I would say, with that episode of, you know, it, it's one, it's very shoestringish. Like it starts to unravel, like you, you tug on it and you just start pulling, pulling, pulling. And I think... Donald Glover does that excellently through stories like that one, where it's like the protagonist at the start, he's kind of like independent of this and this storyline is developing in the background. And then slowly but surely he becomes the center of that storyline where it's like, oh, your family owned slaves. Yeah. And now this black woman is running you down because she wants to be paid. Mm. And by the end of it, it just becomes like a, a regular thing like i think they open their pay slips i need to revisit the episode and it's kind of like yeah reparations tax like it just comes out of their salary and it's and it's one of those things it, you think of the possibilities it's very black mirror-esque mm, yes, I, I would is. say that as well but uh, again another episode that i really liked in season three um season four has just felt quite wholesome and all together um in terms of bringing it back to where they started so i've enjoyed that element the the um, just picking up from where you said the, the story sort of has a black mirror sort of um, inspiration behind it and how it ends particularly we don't we don't really know if everything we saw was just <laughs> all a dream or, yeah. or if as the title episode it's it's, it's it, I I was so disturbed <laughs> by it because like, I was like what what is going on I do you know what I will say I feel like Donald Glover writes almost like to some degree like in a childlike way mm. and not to infantilize his writing or say like it's juvenile not even at all but like i remember being in primary school and we would have creative writing assignments and you would go everywhere and anywhere with your story and then to wrap it all off because like time time is going they're about to say to put down your pen or you just want to finish you'd you would just end it on some sort of note of, and then he woke up because it was all a dream. Like everything that happened now, not even that it was disqualified, but it was all within the context of a dream. And you know, that is the, the, the title of the season finale. Um, it was, it's all a dream. And it also harks back to that biggie lyric. Like it was all a dream. Um, so I think there's like a certain through sort of thread where it's like, it's both fantasy, childhood, hip hop, like tied together. And all of that can happen without disqualifying the entire content of the season. All of that, all, all of the entire season is all very valid and could happen in some context. But I was reading like, um, like a Reddit thread. Like that's one of my 
habits like mm. after watching something going from into something i want to see what other people are talking about yeah. reddit does and i think what was interesting was like a lot of the fans kind of started theorizing and kind of leaning into that it's all a dream concept because there are certain instances that being black in atlanta or just being black in general that whether it's paperboy or darius have experienced where they should die mm. Like at one point, Darius is in a car and the passenger, the driver is drunk. Yeah. She steals um, a police officer's gun. Yeah, they run over someone <laughs> and it's all quite chaotic. But in, in theory, it's like in, if it was in a version of this where it's rooted in reality, somebody would die. Mm. Like uh, there, there would be a black body on the floor. And similarly with Paperboy, whether it's, you know, the guy that was going around killing people who did this. Oh, you know that how that episode ends. He says that's. I guess that's my high school friend who's classmate or high school person is still is still angry with me. Yeah, so it's not actually the guy that's killing people because yeah. of the Soldier Boy video. It's just beef that he has from the past, and I just thought that was so crazy. That was Literally, so- and it's interesting. I feel like Alfred has like this whole obsession with like his mortality, both like as a black man and as an artist. That is. That is- wonderful observation because yeah. he goes through the most yeah and Darius has all these weird experiences but he doesn't go through it like 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 <laughs> yeah I feel like because I feel like just from the jump like Darius entered this season or entered this show he was always on a kind of a, on a different plane yes like if we're talking media tropes I guess he's meant to be like the stoner like the shaggy of the group yeah. that's just kind of like there but you know he's excellent in his own right and i think because of the plane that he exists on he's the perfect conduit for it to all be a dream like it just yeah. makes perfect sense like darius is dreaming all of this shit ain't even real like is is that in darius's head but in terms of like paperboy as a black man um who can both be interpreted as like big scary um also in the rap situation in the rap industry we've seen so many black artist die this year at one point my, i theorized my theory was i thought he was gonna die yeah. i actually thought that is how this ends like mm. it, it, it's to make a commentary like they've gone from they've made a commentary on the young white avatar thing which is a yeah. direct critique of like the music industry yep. and a lot of this, the storylines are meant to be a direct or kind of feel like direct critiques of like life so in my head I thought that'd be dark if they killed Paperboy, but at the same time I was like, I wouldn't put it past Donald Glover to kill Paperboy. Yeah. Like, thank God he didn't. Was, thank God he didn't, because that probably would have made me like traumatized. But like, it felt like we've seen the likes Take Off, um, Pop Smoke, Young Dolph, um, Nipsey Hussle. Like, it's a well kind of like understood principle of this industry. Um, so I, I thought we were gonna go there, and just in general, I felt like Alfred kept on this line of like mortality whether it's his longevity as an artist or just his longevity as a man like he he went to that artist's funeral there's that episode where he goes to the, the funeral of an artist and it's kind of like a scavenger hunt yeah. um that's experienced through his music and he gets there and it's his wife there and it's like nobody knew he released the music and it it feels like a foreshadowing like is this going to be my story is this how i go um so it was definitely interesting in that aspect saw that they really explore his insecurities and mm. you know what happens after all the success and even season three when they sort of explore his past with his mom 
That was he really has I think he's my favorite character on the show. But we can't also forget Zazie Beats, um Vanessa. Yes. She was another very interesting character. Like I really love the end of season three where she just sort of <laughs> she just goes away. The whole of season three, she's just like on a different journey. Yeah. And we don't talk about or see about women who are they just they just want to just sort of leave and leave their lives for a second like they need a beat because she always has the daughter mm. you know she she just needed a beat a moment and usually sees the man that sort of leaves and you know goes to explore whatever but seeing how she sort of starts as this you know really lovely woman and who is trying to just be on the level as the, her peers and and then she's unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the world and her relationship with her baby father and and she's just like okay, I need to just change. And I really enjoyed her journey. Like, what do you think about her? Yeah, no, I I enjoy Zazie as a as a performer as an actress. Um, it's so interesting because we've had this. I've had this conversation with my friends previously, just kind of like saying like we didn't feel like Donald Glover does well by black women. Mm. Um, and, and there's always just this general criticism of how black men write black women in content, um, almost as like side side characters or Vanessa's existence is to kind of like lay up or humanize Earn. Like she, her and their daughter makes Earn a bit more rounded as an individual because he's a father and he's in love or he has affection towards somebody. Um, So those moments where Zazie gets to shine definitely make you feel somewhat a bit robbed because I feel like I can count on one hand like Zazie's moments throughout four seasons. Mm. Whereas whether it was the episode where they were going to Drake's party, um, that episode, of course, in season three, where she's kind of like assumed this French identity and is really entirely, listen, I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Is she having a mental breakdown? Like, mm. um, and she assumes this completely different identity or the episode where, you know, she's at Tyler, Oh, I said Tyler Perry. Sorry, Tyler. Um, <laughs> Mr. One. Chocolate. Sorry, not Tyler Perry. Not Tyler Perry. <laughs> that episode. Um, Mr. Chocolate. Mr. Chocolate. Oh, um, okay. I, I love that one. I also want to mention quickly, because I don't want... I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, it's um, cool. I like how there's a lot of Nollywood actors that are sort of in, like, in high-budget um, American movies or mm. TV show. Like, I don't know if you know, in that episode, there was a Nigerian Nollywood actor in there in the scene, the very first scene where Lolly Litty, I can't remember her daughter's name. Um, remember when they were in the house and the, the abusive man where Mr. Chocolate kept wanting him to be more abusive yeah, to, the, to, the, yeah, to the woman. Yeah. That's Don Benjamin. Uh, Joseph Benjamin, no, sorry. Yeah. And he's like a prolific Nigerian actor. And I was like, wow, nice. We, we've got the talent. I don't yeah. think there's ever been like a lack of talent where Nollywood is concerned. So it's, it's great to see crossovers. Funny enough, like Darius is meant to be Nigerian. In, yeah, in the show, <laughs> I like his love for Jollof. Yeah, times. that was also a very good episode in terms of him taking that white woman to this yeah. Jollof spot in London, um, and then coming back, and it's like it's gone bankrupt, or they've bought it and they've gentrified it, and yeah. now they're reselling it yeah. again. An absolute art, like articulate and accurate commentary on life. Mm. Like this is really how this shit goes. Yeah. It's not that far fetched. Yeah. So, and that then flips it because. Maybe it's not a dream. Like mm. moments like that are very much reality. Yeah. So it kind of like flips between: is it a dream? Is it reality? And moments like that is like, no, this is definitely reality. I see it every day. 
every day. Mm, very, very uh, but true. yeah, definitely would have loved to have seen um, more of Zazie. Um, where, where she did shine, she absolutely, she really yeah, shine. she really did shine. Um, do you think, because from season one and two to three, there was a big gap. Do you think that the, the way their career sort of blew up affected the storyline? Like, if Zazie, for example, didn't sort of blow up, because she did, she's in, like, Marvel movies or DC movies. DC, yeah, she was in Deadpool. And even um, Darius, like, Keith, like, he just became this... Honestly, <laughs> the and someone was saying it, like, the lineup that they have, as far as, like, on Atlanta, mm-hmm. Donald Glover, like, to the side, like, those three are pretty much, like, Hollywood icons in the making. Yep. I am such a huge Brian Tyree Henry fan. Yep. Like, I don't know if you've seen If Bill Street Could Talk. No. Um, I saw Bullet Train recently. Oh, but yeah. Okay, I don't know about his English <laughs> accent in Bullet yeah, Train. Yeah, that was a bit. Um, but, like, he's only in If Bill Street Could Talk for a short amount of time. But his performance was the thing that was etched in my mind when I left it. I was like, he gives, like, this monologue about being in like he is i think his character had just come out of prison or something and he gives this monologue about like what that experience and i was just like give this man every award possible and lakeith of course like whether it's judas and the black messiah um sorry to bother you yeah. like crazy get movie. out like he his roster thus far um the harder they fall like so far all all hits no misses like you know, get so, out i had to watch i didn't realize it was him oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's because he ain't got facial hair like, I wow. keep telling people a beard changes everything. <laughs> it really does. A beard changes everything, <laughs> so it's easy to miss that it's Lakeith at the start. But yeah, no, it's Lakeith. Um, all hits, no misses. He's such an incredible talent, and I think more than anything, I think I'm glad they gave themselves the break because what they did for the second part of the show was beyond anything that you can really comprehend. In the sense of, I don't see a lot of creators doing it the way that they've done it. It's and it's small. It's short. It's but it's so significant. It's so impactful. Like those stories hadn't been told before, um, at least not to my knowledge. That the anecdotal stories that that kind of like were sandwiched in between their glow popping and just I give them massive props for being able to do that. And I think only time could have allowed them to do that. And I think that is there's a lesson in that for creators who feel like they have to constantly feed the beast at a certain time. And by the beast, I mean, like, the content machinery. Like, who feel like, I have to put out, I have to put out, I have to put out. And it's like, well, no, yeah. you can absolutely take your time. It definitely changed um, the, the, the culture. It's shifted. Just- like, I think it went from being, like, a quirky black sitcom-ish, or not even a sitcom because there's no laugh track, but it went from, like, this kind of, like, quirky, because obviously Insecure and Atlanta were kind of, like, yeah. around the same time and kind of, like, seen as, like, two sides of the same coin. Um, but it went from being that kind of setup to being something that you can't even, like, put in a box. Like, mm. it's it can't be categorized, and it's just way more sophisticated than the first half of it. And it's way more meaningful and intentional. Like, it's not by chance that they've sat down in this room and said, we're going to tell this story and this story and this story. It has nothing to do with our major stars, but we're going to tell it anyway. And it doesn't detract or take away from... Like, I didn't feel robbed. Like, I know some people might say, oh, I wish they didn't waste those episodes. Those episodes weren't wasted. They said everything that they needed to say. 
Um, I don't know. I've, you really enjoyed the show. I feel like you enjoyed it more than, more than I did because there were moments in season four where I was like, I, I, I was angry. Fair. And I just feel like it just deviated in so many ways from the idea I had. So yeah, it definitely broke every idea I had of what a black TV show would be. Mm. And as much as I have that feeling of, God, I wish it was something else, I appreciate the work that was put <coughs> to it, sorry. And I also want to mention something that I noticed. I feel like it's very much a millennial show. Mm. Like, even with the guest stars that pop up, like, pop from, I feel like from maybe 79, 83, down to like, maybe 2000 and 2098, like, kids from that era that were born around that time would have a deeper appreciation for for um, Atlanta because they just reference so many things that were important. Like for example, the Soldier Boy episode. Mm. Like my sister is like twenty. When when Soldier Boy came out, she was like twenty eight or something, and I was like fifteen, fourteen. And I remember how crazy that was for me. Mm. But for her, she didn't care about the dance. She's just like, "What is this?" Mm. And and so him in Atlanta, them referencing that crazy wild story of of a Soldier Boy dance yeah. and. Um, um, I'll also being involved in that moment. Yeah. I just felt connected to it. Like, oh, yeah, this is a show that highlights moments of my life. Because, yeah, I had I had that same. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I definitely think like, just in general across content, we're getting so much better at like documenting history, mm. um, and, and archiving history in creative ways as well. Where an episode like this because because when it's all said and done like soja boy was one of the first like internet influencers yes. like and we were that generation and we are literally yeah. like this is like we're talking like the advent of youtube yeah. and viral dances yeah. and that was a template that even years later is still applicable yeah. people are still gonna go still wanting to go viral yeah. people are still learning dance moves and people are still like, people are blowing on tiktok off of dance routines yeah. so and Soulja Boy wow. was one of the first people that is, in that space that yeah. really connected the dots where, where it was like the music, the dance, the internet. Mm. And some people might try to trivialize or erase that because whether it's like, oh, they're not a fan of the music or they think he's corny or they think whatever they think, whatever personal opinions that they might have on him when it's an inalienable fact. And it's like, it's only someone like Donald Glover would think, let's turn this into a sort of urban myth style boogeyman someone's coming to get you kind of storyline it's like it's very easy to just have a moment where we're like yeah soldier boy did this but the idea of like fleshing it out and making it this whole crazy storyline about a murderer a soldier boy style murderer (laughs) and you get soldier boy to make an appearance like that's the pulling power of the show um okay in terms of um the relationships now let me just talk a bit about earn Lottie and Vanessa's relationship. Like, what do you think about their journey from season one and the end to where they, you know, they're back together? They're back together, yeah. I mean, I guess that felt like it fit into the trope. Mm. Certain, like, classic um, story devices where it's like, you want them to have a happy ending, right? Or some version of a reconciliation. And, you know, we start and they're kind of, like, fractured then over the course of the four seasons or somehow they all come back together and it's interesting because it's kind of like okay how did that reconciliation come about right so we see an episode where Ern is in therapy and he hints at being um 
he hints at be- about being angry in terms of him getting kicked out of Princeton, um, about somebody in his family doing wrong by him, um, even though he doesn't flesh that out. But then when it's all said and done, there's also this element of like him having a very petty streak. So we see him do this elaborate setup. Oh my God. Um, to, in essence, like embarrass is, and humiliate. One of my favorite episodes. Like to embarrass so and crazy. humiliate a woman who basically wouldn't let him board a plane. So from a character development perspective, <laughs> I'm thinking, is Ern actually a good person? Like, and should Vanessa and Lottie, should they be reconciling? Because like, in terms of like showing black, a black man in therapy, right? I guess we expect there to be some sort of growth. But by the end of it, he's kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't really need a therapist yeah. anymore. And it's like... That episode was so Yeah, wild. and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Sir, you're terrible. Like, you've got so much work to do on yourself. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Um, he makes a somewhat of a grand gesture as far as telling Vanessa that he wants to be with them when they go camping and, you know, which is great. But I guess from a character growth perspective, I don't think... And then I think this is where sometimes we let certain storylines drop in the sense of... I don't think any attention or detail was given into outlining properly why they went together in the first place. Yeah. How they were co-parenting, how they made that work. Because clearly there must have been an issue there to the yeah. point that Vanessa has explore. a breakdown. Yeah. And she's clearly the primary caregiver. But we don't really get an understanding of what... The, we don't doubt that he loves Vanessa. We don't doubt that he loves their daughter. Um, his delivery. He never was empath- empathetic with her. Like, he was just a stubborn man mm-hmm. and a proud man. Because thinking about the episode where she went to her sorority's, like, event, like, and she just wanted him to be a certain way. Mm. But he couldn't, he couldn't be outside of himself for her. So I think that might have been a reason why their relationship was the way it was. Is she just expected him to just to be there for her in certain ways that he just couldn't. He just couldn't, he couldn't be anything but earn everywhere well so for me i guess in that context it's like when you look at a reconciliation you just kind of think okay but how like I, i'm left with more i get how they reconcile from a storyline perspective oh yeah they're all back together happy ever after blah 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 but it's like the actual nuts and bolts of reconciliation especially when we talk about the dynamics between black men and black women so thinking about season four episode one where they go into this parallel universe of like exes and <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weird episode like and they're seeing their mistakes sort of over and over again and, mm. and then one actually comes back with them and I actually thought that was the same girl in the very last episode with Darius but it's not but I just such a weird story of of how the past was something that was haunting and somewhere they never wanted to go back to but also a way for them to see okay like see the potential of a future where they don't make the same mistakes from their past. Mm. And it is one of those things. I think that there's that whole saying of like a person who doesn't learn from the mistakes is bound to repeat them again. Mm. Um, and I think there's something quite avoidant as a gen- generationally. I think Ern and Vanessa are representation, are, they're representations of a quite avoidant generation of people mm. when it comes to relationships um, as far as either not properly addressing things not properly finishing things, ending things in a definitive way, um, and just hoping that things will just kind of fa- phase away. I don't know if it's maybe a lack of 
people not liking confrontation or just not having the tools and the resources to be able to have like meaningful conversations where it's kind of like hey listen um I thought I wanted you but I don't actually want you but you're not a bad person like I don't know how that exchange goes but just to some extent like being cleaner about how we this definitely felt like an airing of like messy laundry Mm. like all of their messy laundry was out and about and following them everywhere that they went where whereas if they probably dealt with it better it wouldn't be as awkward to bump into your ex Mm. multiple times it's just like you're right, yeah. So they're both just, similar in that. I definitely think they have a lot of similarities. Mm. I definitely think there's like a mirroring yeah. going on, which also ultimately makes them a pretty decent couple. And and the idea of them back together isn't entirely outlandish. Like there's they definitely know each other. They, they know each other. They definitely see in each other like things that they recognize, mm. like kindred spirits in that sense. But yeah, I definitely think they both represent. Re- yeah, they represent this kind of like avoidant streak in millennial dating and then i guess the layering of everybody knowing everybody and being around also speaks to the 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 narrowing of the pools that people are dating within um where it's not uncommon to be out and about and bump into like three girls that you've dated at different points in your life um i guess that also like all that setup of that um i don't even know what to call it um especially effects but it's not realism there's a tv show about seeing your exes and and them sort of traveling through like a cupboard like in Narnia it's back mm. to reality it foreshadows the, the 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 end where you know it was all a dream it was possibly all a dream it was possibly all a dream and we don't know because i watched the very last episode again we don't when it starts we don't see judge judge judy's body like she stands up and and right when we're about to see Ern walks past the tv Yes. So we don't. We don't. <laughs> we can't say definitively was that entire. Is Darius still in a flotation tank? Yeah. Like we can't say for sure. It's really interesting. Um, what else can I mention again about? Um, possibly talk about Paperboy a bit. Um, Paperboys. There's some episodes with Paperboy that really stand out for me. There was the episode, obviously, with the um, white um, young white avatar. Yeah, YWA. White and then there's also the episode with. Um, where he where he performed and this this man this rich man wanted his son wanted him to meet his son, and there was this weird long conversation that was that started off as this this boy is a <laughs> there's something going on with this boy yeah yeah and I think that, yeah that. that was the young white avatar episode like it's that's how he got roped into it so he performs and the guy's like I'll pay you a million dollars to teach my son how to do that he ends up in the studio and the kid's like I don't know who you are like who are you um oh you're the guy that my dad paid and he kind of like it's like, oh, I don't need you. And then he bumps into black rappers who are from the same, like, legacy that he's from of the same age. And they're like, you need to get you one of those. Like, yeah. you need to get you a young white avatar because the life cycle of a rapper, unfortunately, isn't as long as it used to be in terms of money um, and the business of this industry. Like, in their minds, it's much more profitable to hitch their wagon onto white artists a young white artist who can do the virality stuff mm. who can do the big internet following who still has the the who can get the relevance and has a bit more steam for them to keep going for a little bit longer and we see it in real life like it was hilarious to see all the comparisons that people were making whether it was usher and justin bieber yeah. akon and gwen stefani um ti when he signed iggy azalea yeah. like there's just so many versions of this um happening in the industry before our very eyes that and that and i oh and the, 
not the hilarity of it all, but I guess the darkness of it all is before he could really cash in, it's like the kid has an overdose and dies. Yeah. Which again is also a very real situation in terms of like substance abuse. Mm. The show definitely talks about a lot of things going on in the in culture, in life. I hope Tyler Perry doesn't bump into Childish Gambino, Donald slash Donald Glover, because if he did, they should fight. Do you think it's based on reality that particular? Episode? That was definitely a commentary on Tyler Perry's content. The, or the the Tyler Perry's the um oh, who's the guy that does Blackish? Um, oh, why can't I remember his name? He does Blackish, Grownish, Mixedish, yeah. all the issues. Yeah, um, and he did did Black AF for um, Netflix. Netflix. Um, his name has gone out of my head. But I think it was a commentary on primarily the Tyler Perry's because obviously Tyler Perry Kenya has Barris. Kenya Barris. Um, obviously Tyler Perry's built an entire infrastructure where he writes, he produces, he does, does everything. Every- it's all singing, all dancing. He does it all. Um, Do you watch any of his shows? No. Ever? What movies? Yes, I watched Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which can movie. still get walled up. But like that's that's a good film. No good one's going to tell me. Yeah, that's a fantastic film. I've also watched Medea's Family Reunion. Um, it's a good one. Yeah, I, I used to be into like Medea's early stage yeah, plays, okay. um, and like Medea related content, mainly just Diary of a Mad Black Woman and yeah, Medea's Family Reunion. Yeah. Um, I've watched Daddy's Girls. Um, I can do oh, by you think I, Daddy's Girls. Yes, I believe he did. Oh, yeah, wow, that's um, a good one. Yeah, with Idris Elba. Um, I can do Bad All by Myself with Taraji P. Henson, which famously he paid her a sizable amount, yeah. um, which allowed her to raise her rates moving forward in Hollywood. So it's like, it's one of those ones, it's touch and go to some degree. I think that episode was designed to be more of a critique on the content, which sometimes can feel like a trope bingo whether it's the scorned Christian woman or the harlot who's change, who needs to change her ways and the black man that's going to come and save her and somebody's got AIDS. Like, it can <laughs> all... Coloured Girl movies. Oh, my God, for so Coloured Girls. The worst thing I've ever watched. Sorry, I've seen that as... Was that... That was... Tyler Perry. I mean, it was an adaptation of a stage play, so I can't give him all the credit. Um, but ultimately, that traumatised me. That 100% traumatised me. Um, Yeah, that whole space. But when it's all said and done, there's an audience. Mm. Like Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, Vanessa, everyone can say whatever they want to say, but there is an audience. Enough to build a billion dollar empire. Enough to, you know, allow Tyler Perry to build a studio where black content can be created and black creators can go. And I think Wakanda was shot there too, Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff is shot shot in Georgia because that's where he's based. And Georgia has really good tax breaks for people who want to film. Will Smith's latest project, Emancipation with Apple TV, was meant to be filmed in Georgia because of the tax breaks, but they decided not to um, because there were some really like kind of like predatorial laws that were making it hard for black people to vote. Um, so yeah. as like a protest, he was like, we're not going to film in like Georgia. Red state, no. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, we're not going to film in Georgia because you guys are deliberately trying to like, like sideline black voters. But yeah, the, it's, we can, people can say taste levels differ. Like we both watched Atlanta. I'm obviously clearly a massive fan and yeah. really enjoyed it. And you, you liked it, but like not the, to the same degree of, yeah, as yeah. me. Um, and I'm sure if we buckled down, we could find different reasons why I connected with certain things more than you so, you so did. Um, 
But yeah, no, that was definitely about Tyler Perry. And I know he's seen it. And he's got Donald Glover on his little hit list. And he's going to get him. Wait and see. He's going to get him. It's going to be a TV show in the character. Like Listen, Donald. he's going to write a Donald Glover into one of his TV shows and then kill him off mm. to make a point. Um, um, thank you so much, Ade. I'll just, we're going to wrap it up. But sweet. I have one question. Um, do you, you, you briefly said earlier that there's a... There's a Maybe I'll use comma when it comes to Donald writing about black characters or black women because he's um he's not with a black woman is he he's married to a white woman <gasps> whoop and um so there's that conversation that happens where we're like um how comfortable are we with someone who isn't I think Atlanta definitely shows that he's he's a part of the culture and he mm. knows what is going on what is happening but that conversation around should someone who is not fully like with a with, with the, like a black woman or someone woman an ethnic an ethnic minority, um, and having that environment, should they be as influential for the culture when they are not really like fully fully just because they're not with a black woman? Mm. That's such a nuanced like layered question. I'm I guess my starting point is like I'm not an authority figure on what a creative should and shouldn't put out. Mm. That is not my that's not my call to make my call is as an audience do i watch or do i not watch that's where i have power yeah. i don't have power to tell any creative what they can and can't do everybody's within right to honor their gifts honor whatever creativity is within them um whatever they desire to put out so with that being said if donald glover being with a white woman was so much of an issue for me i just wouldn't watch atlanta I wouldn't tell him he couldn't make it. I just wouldn't watch it. And clearly it's not because I'm a fan and I watch it. Does it sometimes tickle me in a sense of like, hmm, I do wonder what your white relatives think of some of the commentary that you make. Similar with like Jordan Peele, get out. Wait, um, is he married to a white woman? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. He's married to Chelsea Peretti who was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Or is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the actress. Oh. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Right, so it's like, in that sense, I do wonder what conversations are being had in your space, in that in their personal space. Um, but I, I wouldn't call black art necessarily um, a matter of, like, black protests or black mm. activism. It's just that it is the art created by the black person. Yeah. What it does and the position that it holds in society is on us to dictate as an audience member. But we can't tell somebody that they can't put it out, mm. um, is what I'd say. Because at the end of the day, he is a black man and he's experiencing. He has black family members, um, yeah, black women in his life. Experiencing like the life of a black well, marrying man whites, even though there are. Don't get me wrong, there are some people who think that they can become other races or enjoy certain privileges by osmosis or by marriage. They yeah. think they can do that. Mar marriage will allow them certain access, and to some degree, it doesn't. But it doesn't change the ultimate reality. Like. This is how the world still sees you. Yeah. Um, and this is, depending on like how you were raised or your worldview, this is, this is art that's true to your experience. Yeah. And that's all that a creative can be asked to do when it's all said and done. Thank you very much, Queen Ade. Thank you for having me. On the Real Happy Hour podcast. We had lovely mimosas today. And um, thank you so much. I finished mine like, straight away. I was so I thirsty. I should have given you more. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're going to have more. No definitely. worries. No and um, we definitely want you to come back. Definitely appreciate. Um, That's if your person. audience like it. If they're like, don't bring that girl back ever, ever again, then we'll just hide the comments and I won't come. That's impossible. You can't say that to the queen. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for listening and watching.